Amen. I'm confident of that this morning. There's a power in the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. The power lies within the blood that was shed for us. Amen. That it was given to us on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came, the life of the blood to come and dwell in our lives and hearts. Amen. What a privilege it is to serve Him. Amen. To be in the house of God today and receive something from the Lord. I trust you've come today with a heart ready. Amen. Let's go to prayer right now. So we just speak to the Lord. Maybe you've got a need in your life. You'd like to be remembered. Jesus knows. He's here to break every chain, to bring deliverance in every heart and life. Lord Jesus, what a mighty God you are. There is no other. The Jehovah of the Old Testament has been revealed as the Jesus of the New. We don't serve three people in a Godhead making three gods. But we serve one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Lord, what a privilege it is today to bow before that revealed name, the revealed name of God, Jehovah the Savior, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, who is today the same today as he was yesterday how wonderful it is that we have taken on the name of our bridegroom that we're a part of your great plan and kingdom Lord that we were predestinated before the world ever began there was something in us Lord that creeds couldn't satisfy The dogmas of the world could not satisfy. The world itself could not satisfy. Our satisfaction can only be found in you, Lord. Our hope is in you today. Our faith is in you. We want to thank you that you're our God. We thank you that you're rising with healing in your wings, that you're bringing deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that you come on the scene, Lord, for your people. And you're here among us today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray, Lord, as the word goes forth, that you just open it to our hearts and you'd anoint it. Anoint me today, Lord. I can do nothing without you. Lord, anoint the ears of this people, Lord, so that they will be able to receive from you. Lord, that we can walk out of here different people, Lord, with a resolve in our hearts to stand for righteousness in our generation. I pray, Lord God, that ever needs you'll supply. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God, we ask it. We're looking to you to do great things among us today. We're under expectation. Lord, we today speak it in the name of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will rise up over this congregation. Lord, meeting the needs of your people, the hands that was lifted to you, and that you would move in their lives for their situation and prove yourself as God, the God of the Amen, 
the God who is here in this last day, in this last generation, right here in this bright age of Laodicea, where we can stand for righteousness in our day, an overcomer with salve, Lord, with, with the ability to speak as the oracles of God because we're the mouthpiece of God to this generation. I ask that you'll bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You counted a privilege to be here today. Amen. Well, I hope we'll count it as a privilege and realize it's um, certainly a, a right as sons and daughters of God to be able to meet together, but it's also a privilege to be able to do it. Amen. So what an honor it is to serve the Lord to, today together. Amen. I, you know, sometimes um, when we mention things that the Lord has done, I'm sure Sometimes ago, you read the, and heard the testimony of Brother David Dexter, who was healed of an autoimmune disease on some very, very um, caustic drugs um, that the pharmacist said, we only give these to people who are, you know, basically who are dying, and uh, it's kind of a last-ditch effort. And uh, a disease, an autoimmune disease had hit him in the eye, and God healed him of that autoimmune disease, and he's well today by the grace of God. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Our, our sister Vicki Thomas here um, that uh, just, just recently has been battling with some things. The doctors, at least uh, they thought they were an autoimmune disease. They didn't really get a chance to um, do anything about it because before they could, the great physician came down <laughs> and healed her body. Amen. But they were, there, there was all kinds of suspect things, you know, scleroderma or, or lupus or whatever. And um, she went back to the doctor the other day after all the symptoms and everything else. And the Lord come along and took away all the symptoms and the report comes back all negative and clear. Amen. And we thank the Lord. Amen. What a mighty God that we serve. Amen. We saw the Holy Spirit just move last weekend and I'd given her a scripture as she came to church. I said, this is your scripture for the Lord, from the Lord today and the Lord shall Perform to her the things that he has promised. Amen. And certainly God did that. We appreciate the Lord. Amen. God is good all the time. He's our healer and our deliverer. Now, you know, sometimes if you were prayed for last, last weekend or Wednesday night, I think we had prayer for others. Sometimes you, you look for a miracle for it to happen just right now. You know, just right now. Uh, and, and that's a miracle. But sometimes I, it's a, it comes in the form of a healing, which is a process. Say, so, well, I'm looking today to get up and, and everything be gone. Well, it may not come that way. It may come just one grain at a time. Amen. But you, you hold before you the vision of a perfectly healed person. And step by step, you walk into that. Amen. That's what we do as the children of God. Amen. We're overcomers, aren't we? 
Amen. Overcomers in this age. So God bless you. It's good to be here today. Trust the Lord will just come in a mighty way in your life today. Speak to you. Joel chapter 2, verse 21, we will read from today as we look into the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God was, is precious. Now, when that was said in the Scripture that the Word of the Lord was precious in the days of Samuel, it meant it was really rare. Amen. But, you know, we're, we're living in a time and a day where the book has been opened. The mysteries have been revealed. And, and they, even though there may be famine all around us and churches dying, people dying, families dying. I'm talking about spiritually now. That, um, th- that in the midst of all of that, amen, there, there's manna. Amen. There's where he's opening up the windows of heaven and I hope you brought a, a container today to take some, some home with you. Let it change your life. Let it fill you to capacity and to, then to overflow. Amen. Sometimes we just get just enough maybe for ourselves. We want more than that. David said, my cup runneth over. Amen. So let it run over today to where it runs out in your neighborhood and runs out to your workplace or in your school or wherever you're going, that it runs out over where that, that we can testify of a living God. Amen. Because we are the final witness in this last age. Joel chapter 2 verse 21. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do Great things. Why don't we take that for ourselves this morning? Amen. Let, let us look at it even for this service. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down, to for, come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So in the same season, in the same season here in this end time, God promises an outpouring of his spirit. And he pours out both the former and the latter rain. Amen. And the whole thing is to bring about an end time crop to bring the church to harvest time. That's the age that we're living in. And so then he as a result of this rain, and the floors shall be full of wheat. That's the threshing floors. And the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you. The years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that it dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, 
Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the, the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said and in the remnant who the Lord shall call. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to be speaking again on the people of the book. And for for this service today, the people, the sons, have returned. That's what we're going to speak on. The people, the sons, amen, the sons of God have returned. Now, we, we have been quoting to you or reading the scripture um, in the past few weeks uh, and the times that I've ministered of, from the book of Romans that tells us about how that all creation is groaning and travailing in pain together even until now. And that creation, the creature waiteth for the manifestation or the revealing of the sons of God. So it's a, it is a, a time that all creation has been under expectation for. And so we, we are here in the end time where it is prophesied, and we read that prophecy from the book of Ezekiel, where that in the end time that dry bones will be gathered, and those dry bones will live. And this gathering will bring the sons of the land back to their homeland. And we were speaking and talking about Israel and the church and how that the nation of Israel also types or is dealt with in a natural sense while on the other hand that God is doing something very similar in the Gentile people in the bride of Christ as the royal seed of Abraham. So all we have to do is look over here at a sign. We can see a natural sign and see that there is something equivocally happening over here in the royal seat of Abraham in a spiritual sense. Now there are, you know, there are some things that you really don't want to receive in the, uh, the natural sense like that they received. For example, there, the great persecution that drove them back to their land was a, um, was a physical persecution with Hitler and Mussolini and Eichmann and um, Stalin and all of these others that brought a great persecution upon the Jews and drove them back to their promised land. Um, But at the same time, the trumpets have blown also for the royal seed of Abraham to return back to their homeland. And, and that is that, that people who found their homes and, and, and uh, denominations for years and years and years and years 
um, for centuries. Maybe they could go back to their parents, their grandparents. My mama was a Baptist. My grandma was a Baptist. My great-grandma was a Baptist. We're Baptists, you know, all the way back. We're this or we're that. Or this, um, we're, we're here and, you know, my folks were Pentecostal and, you know, my grandparents were Pentecostals and they were Pentecostals and, and so on and on and on. And so, you know, but we, we find ourselves gathered here today because we, we, we have been uprooted from those kind of homelands that we found out that really wasn't our home. But, but, but we found our homeland in the Word of God. And we've been returning back to our homeland uh, where God promised the manifestation or the revealing of the sons of God. Now, so it is the gathering of the dried bones back to, uh, to, together in order to bring the sons of the land back to their homeland. Now, Brother Branham would tell us in, in Gabriel's instruction to Daniel, he said, God never did deal with Israel till she come to her homeland. Hear me, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> now, when you hear Brother Branham say that, you better perk up and listen. Amen. God will not deal with his church until she comes back to the homeland, the message of the hour. Amen. Come back to the original. Get away from your Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian ideas, your Pentecostal assembly, oneness, threeness, fiveness, whatever it is, Church of God, Nazarene, Pilgrim, Holiness, Church of Christ, all Antichrist movements. And I realize this strikes the world all wrong, all of the devil. There's godly men in every one of them, godly people in every one of them movements. But the organization itself is not of God. And God will never bless it. He's never done it. And I ask any historians who will hear this tape to write in and tell me whenever the church organized it, God didn't lay it on the shelf and never dealt with it no more. Tell me when he ever raised up the Lutheran again, the Wesley Methodist or Pentecostal. He never did. That organization laid there and cankered and rotten. And God took individuals out and, and tried to point the people back to to the homeland and men, the individuals so weak and sissified with some kind of degree until they organize another organization and make a twofold more child of hell than what it was to begin with. But somewhere surely Jehovah has a man he can put his hands on who will not compromise with him ungodly organization who will swing the people back to the rock. Christ Jesus back to the original Pentecost and the original Holy Ghost with the original signs and wonders. Surely he's got someone, one somewhere who will not break down under any kind of persecution, run out, canceled out, fall out, anything else that will stay with it. God never blesses Israel till she gets to her homeland. And God never blesses you, a Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Pilgrim Holiness, Nazarene, Church of Christ, or Pentecostal organization. He'll never bless you that way. Come back to the homeland, to the beginning, back to the Pentecostal experience like happened on the day of Pentecost when the power of the living God changed those thousands of people and set 
their hearts aflame with the fire of God. That showed genuine, not impersonated sign, not some made-up telepathy, not some mockery, and got into a rat race like we have got into America who can have the biggest tent or who can have the biggest crowd. What difference does that make to God? God wants a people honest in heart, not big crowds. Amen. We all got rat race here running, and what a disgrace to see if we can add a thousand more to our organization. It's a disgrace. He wants us back to truth, back to spirit, back to the right life, back to the highway in Christ, back to truth. Amen. How can he bless us the way we go? He won't. Amen. Amen. Brother George, you know you remember that when you was out in the world in sin and unbelief. Amen. God called you back to your homeland. He can never bless you out there. How many others there? You could not be blessed out there in the systems of religion. But God called you back to the homeland where that all the blessings flow in the homeland. I'm not talking about this building now. I'm not talking about this church group. I'm talking about the word is the homeland. Amen. That's where it is. He never blessed Israel until they come back to the promised land. And when they got back in the promised land, signs and wonders began to happen. He sent a man right down among them by the name of Moses. And this Moses came down with a came, came down with a polyship theology. Did he come down with a Bachelor of Arts degree? Did he come down with a LLD, a PhD? He came down with the power of Jehovah. And a message. Return from this land back to the homeland. I'll tell you that's our message again today. Return, oh dispersed. Amen. To return, oh dispersed, to your own. To your own. To your homeland. Wherever you were dispersed to. And I'll tell you, this is a day and hour to realize, hey, we, we got to lay down our traditions. We got to lay down our past ideas. Amen. We got to lay down what we formerly thought and preconceived ideas and get back to the homeland where the word of God is preeminent. Amen. Now, so he did, again, return to the homeland. Now, there is a message that, that gathers the scattered bones. I'm looking at a bunch of bones. Amen. Brother John Lay, you know where you were. You were, a, you were scattered out there. I mean, didn't know where to, where to find God. And what, what happened? It was something drew you back to Christ. Brought you to the homeland. Amen. I, you know, it brought you back to the word of God where the word could have preeminence. Not some, not some denominational board, not some school of theology, but where the word could have the leadership. Amen. Where the word could have the preeminence. Where the Christ could remain and be supreme among us. Amen. What a mighty God that is. That is gathered, scattered bones. But I'm trying to tell you something this morning. You don't have to remain a dry bone. Amen. You do not have to die in a pew. And dry up on a bone. 
This is not a time of being a bone and a dry bone. This is a time where the bones are coming to life. Amen. That there's raising up a great army. Not for us to become another, just another church. Another gathering of people. With a little different view. And we make our own little denomination out of it. That's not the purpose of God. The purpose of God is to make these bones to live. I say, oh, breath of God, come in this building this morning and make these bones live. But some of you have been bones too long. Some of you have been dry too long. But there is only one way you're going to become something other than bones, and that's by hearing the word of the Lord. Now, remember, there's a message that gathers the scattered bones and brings a message of restoration. The blowing of the trumpets gathered the sons. Revelation 10, 7 says that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he begins to sound. And that word sound there is a trumpet blast. Amen. He is sounding a message. You know, some people want to take this and say, well, that's to the Jews. Well, to the Jews physically, they also are called back to their homeland. But I'm trying to tell you that that this is the seventh angel for us, the seventh church age messenger, and he blows not, not a trumpet to return back to a physical land, but a gospel trumpet to call us back to our homeland. To call us back. Why? So we can come back to the true atonement again. Now, so remember in the days of the seventh angel, his sounding, blasting forth the gospel trumpet, he finishes the mysteries of God. Now, the mysteries to the Gentiles. Now, there's, a, there's another mysterious group over in the tribulation period. 144,000 who will receive some, their, their revelation under their two witnesses. Amen. It parallels. Come on. Amen. It parallels. I'll tell you what let's do. Wasn't planning this, but let's go to, to, to Revelation chapter 11. And let's just look at this. Revelation chapter 11. Do you love the Lord today? Amen. Amen. His word is true, isn't it? Revelation chapter 11 will show you the two witnesses. Revelation chapter 12 comes on and brings down the the sign of the woman in heaven. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. I want you to see this with me this morning. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and her head a, a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. Now this is Israel. When she was under expectation for the Messiah. She was looking for a child. She was looking for a promised one. 
Are you with me now? So here, here again, this is the way that it lays right here in the scripture. And then now the scene changes and we see now something else. Behold, there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for devour her child as soon as it was born. And, and who was there? It was here we saw in that moment the Roman government standing there to devour that child, to destroy that child as soon as it was born. Amen. Now let's take the next verse. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Now listen, the whole purpose of this man child, Jesus Christ, is to bring a millennium back to the earth. Where he'll be the king. Rule all nations under his control. And, uh, and notice this, it don't tell us about his death, his burial, his resurrection. It just tells us about his ascension. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Amen. So now, now we see him raptured up because of the persecution that has come against him. They killed him, they crucified him, but he rose again and he ascended into glory. Now, this is a symbolic book. Let's look at this next verse now. Amen. And, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now, I'm going to stop here just a minute. The woman flees into the wilderness. Now, I want you to think between the ascension of Jesus Christ And between him revealing himself where the woman goes back to her homeland, which is now a wilderness. Israel was not the nation. Palestine was not an inhabitant. It was a desert place. Very few people there. And so when she flees, she goes to the wilderness because it's been abandoned. It's It's been left. They have been dispersed. And now they go back to their homeland. So between this and, go back to verse 5, look between this and to his throne from his ascension, next verse, to and the woman, we're missing a picture in the time slot. We're missing 2,000 years of God dealing with the Gentiles. But because this is speaking of Israel and her return to the land, then it picks up the story, the next thing. Amen. He ascends. The next day, she flees to the wilderness. It shows her coming back to her homeland. Notice she has a place prepared of God. I want you to watch your parallel because this is what he did. We went back to the wilderness where the churches had left the word. Come on, somebody. Amen, where our forefathers had left the word and went out in the dispersal, but God brings us back to what is a wilderness to the world for us to build up a homeland right here in this Bible. So the woman flees to the wilderness because it's in this promise you have a place prepared of God. 
This is your homeland. This is your place prepared. This is what God's prepared for you. All of these words, all of this promises, healing is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The power of God is here. The rapture is here. The resurrection is here. It is all in this place prepared of God. Now notice for Israel, the Jews that will feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now, if you look at that, that's exactly three and a half years, forty and two months. It's used in different different terminology, but this is God's timeline where He will deal with Israel when the when the bride leaves. All right. Now notice He will He will feed her there. Now again, I want you to get. Where God's going to feed you? In the homeland. Where's the homeland? Come on. Where are we going to get our food? Are we going to have to go out here to the psychologist and get it? Are we going to have to drift over here to Dobson and find out how to have something for our families? Are we going to have to stray over here and bring this theology in and that theology in to feed us? Come on now. Is our preachers going to have to get out on these websites and find a sermon to preach? He's going to feed them in their homeland. Amen. In this place prepared of God. Is somebody with me? Amen. Look now at verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Remember what I told you about this? That when, when, the, when the Bedouin threw, when the shepherd boy threw his, his stone into the darkness of the cave and heard a sound of the breaking of the seals that would explode, that would bring the light, the scrolls. One of the scrolls that was the war scroll. Amen. And that war scroll was describing, are you with me now? Amen. The, the battle between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. That's where we are. It's never been dark like this age. There's never been the evil of this age. There has been a congealing of darkness. And the sins of the past generation heaping right down to this generation. Amen. But you're only getting one part of the picture. There are also sons of light. Right here in this Laodicean age. And the light of this Laodicean age does not go until she is, is taken out of this life into glory and a rapture. And until then, there's light. There's light enough to destroy your enemy. There's light enough to conquer. Amen. Sin, disease, amen. Whatever kind of thing the devil wants to put against the children of God. There is light right here in the time of darkness. And Laodicea does not go out into darkness until a bride is raptured. And when she leaves, her light goes. Because that's when Satan's cast down to earth. Now, there was war in heaven. Michael, that's the archangel, the one who is like Jehovah. He's the likeness of Jehovah. Is somebody with me? Amen. Amen. He and his angels fought 
and the dragon, the dra against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Let me tell you something, folks. There is a huge battle going on. Israel is battling out for her life over there in their homeland. And you are battling out for your life in this homeland. There is war in, in heavenly places. There is a spiritual battle going on. Amen. And let me tell you, the devil doesn't stop with you coming into church. He'll put you to sleep right on the pew. Amen. He'll even cause your mind to wander. Go here, do this, go there, whatever else, and never get what God intended for you. Let me tell you, we are not a bunch of other denominational church members who are bored with sermons and bored with preaching and bored with the Word of God and we don't enter in and, and receive and feed on the Word of God. We're eagles and we feed on that fresh meat of the Word. There was war. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. You don't think he's fighting against you? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Amen. Give me the next verse. Might as well go to shouting. Amen. I, I shouldn't have to say anymore. Amen. And prevail not. Amen. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever problem you're facing, whatever evil is in the age, whatever demon oppression there is, no matter what the power of Satan is, he prevails not. I will not let him prevail over my life. I will not let him prevail on my family. I will not let him prevail over this church. I will not let him prevail over my life. I have been called to draw my sword and prevail, prevail, prevail. For it said to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne? I will not give up, I will not retreat, I will not back up, amen. I will not shirk, I will not shun, I will not run, I will prevail. Prevailed until Lucifer no longer had a place in heaven. He said, what in the world was he doing in heaven when he was kicked out? came to earth. Well, when he came to earth, he deceived man. Come on. First of all, he got in trouble because he began to think himself great as God. He was a covering cherub, a hovering, covering cherub. He was a protector of the word. But he began to think, I can embellish this. I can do better. 
And he began to exalt himself. And he began to change little parts of the word until his word was different from Michael's word. Until iniquity was found in his heart. Isaiah chapter 12. And he was cast out. And he comes to earth looking for a way back. He wants to rule. He wants to reign. We know the story. He comes into, finds him a vessel. Something that can talk, walk. Wasn't no snake in a tree. Come on. Amen. He could walk. He could reason. We're not talking about Greek mythology. This was a creature right next to man in creation. Crafty, wise, and then he becomes anointed. He had a place for his soul, but no soul. And begins to preach to Eve like Lucifer preached to the angels in heaven and deceived a third of them. Now he comes with his power of deception. Keep that scripture up where I'll remember where I'm at. Amen. So, you know, he keeps that power of deception now. And he does, it now comes into the serpent and now begins to talk to Eve. Now that when he deceives Eve, now she goes to Adam. Adam was not deceived. The Bible said that. Amen, that the Adam was not deceived. He realized what she had done. But he quickly took her to himself and took her sins upon him and fell with her. So that sounds awful ridiculous to me. Well, fast forward about 4,000 years right down to Calvary when the second Adam does the same thing. He was not a sinner. He was not deceived. He was not a part of the transgression. He was virgin born. He wasn't born in any of that. But then his little wife was deceived. So he took her sins and died in her place. Oh, I want to say what a savior. I want to say what a savior. He who knew no sin became your sin that you might become his righteousness. What a God. Now then, he prevailed not. Now when Satan deceived Eve and Adam now takes the position with his wife and falls to what we read about that all creation travails in pain. If you read it, it said they were all subjected to vanity. You know why? Their king died. The king fell. I'm talking about Adam. The king of the earth fell. And when it did, all creation fell with it. When the fall takes place, then chaos begins all over the, all over the world. Animals begin to devour each other. 
satanic spirits come in. Come on. And move into this dimension. And now you say, oh, Brother Tim, uh, well, let me just say, ask you, when heaven is restored again, won't the lion lay down by the lamb? Won't it eat straw like a bullock? Amen. What is that? A restored Eden. So we go back and we look at Eden and when man fell, all creation began to grow and travail. What are they calling for? For the man to come back into his position. What position? Was he not still on the earth? Yeah, but he fell from his position of sonship. Are you with me now? He fell from his position of sonship where he controlled the atmospheres of the earth by who he was in heaven. As a place of his son, as a son, he had the authority to bring earth under his dominion so he could speak to the winds and the waves. How do we know that? Because when the second Adam came, he did it. Somebody, is somebody with me? Amen. So here he would speak now to the winds and the waves. He, you know, he would control nature. The wind would blow too hard. He said, oh, that's awful cool. Peace be still. The line raised up. Something began to raise up within him for a minute. Lay down, boy. Amen. The lion lay down by the lamb. He kept everything under control as the king of the earth. Now, can't you see where the kingdom begins? The kingdom begins within you. And when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, come on, bringing the atmosphere of heaven down, it makes the lion the beast nature to lay down with the lamb. And when your beast nature wants to rise up, amen, the king on the throne says, lay down, boy. Amen, when your beast nature says, I'm too tired to go to church, something rises up and says, you're going anyway. Pulls you up out of bed and takes you to the house of God. And when you get here and your beast nature said, it's a good time for a nap. Amen. The king says, you're not going to do that in this church. And I ain't talking about King Tim. I'm talking about the king in your life. Come on. Amen. And those hands there that used to serve the devil. Now I raised up to serve God. And those feet that were quick to shed blood, amen, now walk in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. Why? The kingdom has started in your earth. Amen. One day, your earth is going to be changed. And when it changes, you're going to be caught up into this place. And we're on our way there. And that's why you are now ascending and Satan is falling. 
He fell the other day, Sister Vicki. He fell the other day, Sister Lana. He fell the other day, Brother David. He fell the other day, Brother Philip, when you were in sin. Come on. Amen. Satan fell. Come on. But you didn't fall. You rose. You began to ascend. You began to rise up. You begin to take your position. I am a son of God. And you begin to push Satan back. Amen. You begin to say, you're not holding back my inheritance. You're not holding back me from what my promise is. This is my land. He prevailed not until there was no place found for him in heaven. Until the bride formally takes her position. And when she does, her body's changed. Verse 9. And the great dragon, want to know what happened to him? He was cast out. That old serpent, oh, now we go back to the Eden, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world from Eden, he is cast into the earth, and his angels are cast out with him. That that means that there are no evil spirits that have a right to stand between you and God and ward off the blessings of God from you. Amen. We already see his demise. We already see his end. We already see him coming down where he's cast down. Amen. What's now? And I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now Satan's cast down the earth. Let's go back to the scripture just a minute. When he's cast down from the to the earth, now he becomes incarnate in the beast. He takes on he takes on flesh and he becomes the man of sin. And he rules the world from that position. Satan will rule the the earth for a very short time while you're gone. But there's an army coming back. We're just gathering there to come back here. Somebody with me? Revelation 19 sees him, the word of God, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings riding out on the power of his word a white horse, come on, horse represents power, and all of his saints with him. Amen. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out in the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now, when he's cast out, there's a voice coming from heaven and says, now has come salvation. Well, I thought salvation happened 2,000 years ago. But no, listen, salvation, that was for the soul. But there is also salvation or redemption for the body. So when Satan is cast down, then comes salvation. Full salvation. Come on. Listen, you, you know the Bible enough to know the Holy Ghost you got. Is that the fullness No, it's not the fullness. It is a deposit until the fullness comes. 
Amen. Didn't he tell you it is a deposit? Amen. The earnest, the, the earnest, the down payment. You know, the Holy Ghost is not all you're going to get. You're going to get a lot more than the Holy Ghost. You're going to get a new body. Amen. Your body's going to be redeemed. And it, oh, listen, church. What a day that's going to be. When your soul can match your body. The body you got, it doesn't match. This is beast body. Come on. Sin, sin was here. But you're going to a body that was never smoked in. You got a body there that was never lied in. You got a body there that never uttered a curse. You got a body that's going to be a match piece to your soul. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That all, oh, can't you see it, church? What a day that's going to be. When you stand in that new body and there's not a bad thought can enter in it. No bad thought can get in it. Amen. Where you can reach and embrace your sister and there's not a feeling. Amen. When, when you can, oh, there's nobody lying or stealing or there's no, no murders or no, there's nothing there. There's no evil in the heart. There's nothing in, in the body. There's nothing. You know, Winston, I, we prayed for people or young people with generational curses. I stood there and as a pastor, when they said what, what they come for, I could trace that thing back into their mom and daddy, back into their grandparents. I know them long enough. You know, I preached here for over, well, to this group of people, maybe not all of you, but, but some of you for 45 years. And I can go back and I can I know, you say, I'm, I'm battling with this. Maybe it's a sex spirit. Well, then, then it's your, you know, it was in your grandparents or in your parents and then your grandparents and they wrestled in your great-grandparents. And you say, well, I'm dealing with the temper. And there it was in your daddy or mother. And back there in your grandmother, great-grandmother, granddaddy. But in this body... There are no generational curses. Amen. Because this body didn't come from your parents. This parents, this body came from God who is your parent. Hallelujah. And there is no evil to pass down. From one generation to the other, it's all broke. It's all over with. Hallelujah. The war, even between your flesh and the, and the spirit in you, is over with. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? Because the accuser. cast down the accuser of the brethren now every time when Job tried to approach God the accuser was there 
sons of God gathered. God said, have, have, you, accused, have, you, uh, have you considered my servant Job? And the accuser said, yeah, but he only serves God because there's a hedge around him. You move that hedge, he wouldn't serve you. What was it? The accuser was there. Why could the accuser be there? Because when man fell, Satan became the king of the earth. And everything was under his dominion. So a son of God comes, and Lucifer's there to accuse him. Somebody help me preach now. Come back over to Zechariah's prophecy, and there's a man by the name of Joshua. And he's called the high priest. And he goes to enter in the presence of God, and Satan is at his right hand to resist him. Why? He has a right. I'm going to stop here just for a minute. I'm going to throw something at you. Do you realize when we come to Revelation 5, amen, where, where the family is gathered, come on, coming back to their homeland, in Revelation 5, you realize that the lamb is there, the bride is there, represented of the Old Testament and New Testament with four and 20 elders, 12 patriarchs and 12 apostles. The bride is there. Somebody help me preach. Amen. The, the angels are there. But there's somebody ain't there. Who's not there? The accuser. Amen. The accuser is not there. He's not allowed there. Amen. Because it comes a time of the casting him down. Amen. I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brother, brethren is cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. Now look at verse, the next verse. And they overcame him. Can I tell you something? The story is already written. Can I tell you something? Nothing can change that script. No matter what your battle is, amen, no matter what your situation, I'm showing you right here in prophecy, and they overcame him. Your generational curse, you're, you're overcome. Amen, that habit in my life, that's overcome. I'm rising above it because I have been called to ascend. I have not been called to fall. I am not a part of the fallen world. I'm a part of the ascending church. And they overcame him. What? How? By the blood of the lamb. Wait a minute. The blood of the lamb? There was not a drop of blood shed for angels. 
So now we get a, the view of who this was battling at. Come on. Amen. Michael and his spirits or his angels were fight, was fighting against the dragon and his angels. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. And who is it that overcame? You did. How did you do it? By blood. Come on. Not because there was a bigger angel assigned to your life than this one, but the blood. And you can't get bigger than the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. We're living in a time they want to do away with the blood. They want to do away with the mercy seat. Let me tell you, they overcame him. They are raptured up by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. They would not compromise. They would not bend. They would not bow. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Watch now. Next verse. Therefore, rejoice you heavens. Glory to God, church. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're not going to wait till you get there to rejoice. Amen. He already seen you rejoicing. He saw you rejoicing when the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Amen. How was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world? In the mind of God. But in time, it happened 2,000 years ago. Amen. And in the mind of God, he saw you shouting. And you're right now here in time in this Laodicean age doing what you did in eternity. In the mind of God, he already saw you victorious. He already saw you an overcomer. He saw you turning down the the devil's lie. Amen. When not back there, that was in his mind. Right here in time, he sees you turning down the devil's lie. Right now is where the greatest battle ever fought is taking place. And he's already told you, you're the overcomer. I'm going to tell you before we go into this battle, church, we're going to win. I'm going to tell you before you go into this, you can't lose. I'm going to tell you there's a word of prophecy hanging over you that follows you everywhere you go. Amen. That says in every situation. Now name your problem. Name what you're going through today and just go ahead and look at it and say you're a loser. You will not prevail. You can't win. You're going to fall. And today is the day you're going to fall because today I'm realizing who I am as a son of God. Taking my position because the battle is the Lord's. In other words, God says, Alana, I got this. Vicki, I got this. David, I got this. 
Young people, I got this. You're going to win. Amen. Come on. Now, and so therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Now while the bride's in glory, hell is breaking loose on earth. We're already in the precursor for it because Satan's Eden is right here upon the earth. It's just waiting for its king. Now you can, you can read in the Bible, the beast also reigns for 40 and two months or three and a half years. The two witnesses of Revelation, they also, those are to the Jews, of course, they also prophesy for 40 and two months. Three and a half years. Therefore, rejoice you heavens and you that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath. Knowing he only has three and a half years to do this. Amen. Because then we know what's going to happen to him. He's going to be bound a thousand years. He's going to be put in prison for a thousand years. Amen. He's going to have a little while to think of it before he think about it before he gets out, but it won't change him. Because then he gathers the world of Gog and Magog, and the final battle takes place, but he ain't winning there either. He will be cast into the lake of fire. Go ahead and tell him this morning, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. Satan, your reign on my life is leaving. The power you've had over me that made me do this and this and this is is leaving. Because I'm ascending, I'm rising up, you're falling. This is my prophecy, this is my book. This is my land. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he hath Knoweth he hath but a short time. Now then, go to the next verse. And when the dragon saw he was cast into the earth, he brings, now we can bring it right down where all the armies, Zechariah's prophecy, all the armies of the world comes against Jerusalem. And when the dragon saw he was cast out into the earth, he persecuted Israel, the woman, who had brought forth the man-child. So now, in the tribulation period, who is it that's going through the persecution and the awful time? It's Israel. Amen? And he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Next verse. And the truth, the woman. I want you to watch the parallel. And to the woman was given two wings of a great eagle. Now, listen, theirs is a natural prophecy. Ours is a spiritual prophecy. So she receives two witnesses. Amen. What what did she receive? Moses and Elijah. Now, not those men, but men anointed. With the Spirit of Christ that anointed Moses, the Spirit of Christ that anointed Elijah. Because why? That's the fullness of the Old Testament law and prophets. 
So he comes right here. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into her homeland, into the wilderness, into her place. So what is it that will position that woman, Israel, her prophets? Come on, an eagle, two wings, Moses and Elijah. But what brings the royal seat into her place? A prophet, an eagle, with two wings. What is his two wings? Oh, the New Testament. The whole word, come on. Glory to God. Are you with me, church? Amen. And that she might fly into the wilderness, into a place where she is nourished for one year a time, times two years and a half time, three and a half years from the face of the serpent. Hallelujah. Where are you at today? An eagle, a messenger brought you back to your homeland, into your place where you could be nourished. Amen. From the face of the serpent. Amen. In a homeland where the devil cannot get to you. Where he cannot defeat you. Hallelujah. Next verse. And the serpent cast out of his mouth waters as a flood after the woman. Now these are armies. Flood is an army. It's a host, an army that they might cause her to be carried away. Here you come to the battle of Armageddon where the, the, the woman in her, the Israel, in her persecution. You know why I was there in Israel the other day. You know their air base? Uh, I stood there on Mount Carmel. And as I was standing on Mount Carmel where, where Elijah stood and said, and brought them down to, but to, to, but to, to that great decision, turning the hearts, the hearts back to Jehovah God. And so, and as I, as I did, I looked over and they said, this is Jezreel Valley. But you see this town down at the end, down here, this is Megiddo. So it's also called the Valley of Megiddo. Oh, I said, I'm looking at where a great battle is going to take place. And the guide said, yeah. said, this is where Israel right here has her major air base. That wherever that they have done all of their missions throughout the world has been done right here from the Valley of Megiddo. From Armageddon. And there's coming a battle. Is somebody with me? There's coming a battle, amen, where the serpent cast out a flood. The Bible said in Zechariah's prophecy that all the nations will gather against Jerusalem. Amen. And then it, and, 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 and then it speaks of, of, of that and, and, and so on. And then it talks about their turn back to God. And so the serpent casts out his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Next verse. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood with the dragon cast out of his mouth. And if you go to Zechariah's prophecy, when he returns, he puts his foot upon the Mount of Olives and it cleaves him through with a mighty earthquake. Amen, because it will be the return of Christ back to the Jews. Amen. Are you with me now? So there'll be a great earthquake. 
destroy all the armies. Next verse. And the dragon then was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remnant, the leftover of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So these that are left over from the church, amen, they're also the remnant of her seed. And they're left over, the church goes through the tribulation, and here's where the dragon comes down, and he makes war against the church. Huh. Those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Are you with me now? Is there another verse? We're at the end. But I'm not at the end of my sermon. But I'm still preaching. The dragon was angry and he went to make war. Now, listen, you missed the rapture. This is only thing can happen. A multitude without number comes out of the tribulation. Having washed the robes in the blood of the Lamb. That's not the bride. That's the church that didn't go in the rapture. And I'm just going to tell you, it's all important that you know your day, your hour, and know that God sent an eagle in this day and hour with the complete word of God to bring you back to your place. Hallelujah, back to your place. Now back in the 1940s, they made a film uh, on the return to, to Israel. And Brother Branham himself was so moved by this great film that they had made called Three Minutes to Midnight. And I'm just going to tell you, they keep moving the doomsday clock around. It's been hovering right at midnight to destroy the world for a long time, and God's held it back. You say, why in the world has God held it back? Well, because the Bible said that he would hold back the winds of strife of the earth. This in the book of Revelation. There's four angels from the four directions, the four corners of the earth that holds back the winds of strife until he seals the servants of God in their forehead. So God's not going to let the world be destroyed until Israel is saved. So how in the world is the world going to be destroyed before you get out of here then? They can make all the threats. Russia can do whatever they want. But there's something holding them back. It held them back in the First World War. It's held them back in the Second World War. It's held them back in the Korean War. It's held them back in the conflicts with Russia. It's held them back. It's holding them all back until he seals his servants. Amen. Not only is there a natural seed being sealed, but there's a spiritual seed being sealed. Hallelujah. And until he gets that bride in, there ain't going to be no, there ain't going to be no casting down of Satan until that bride goes up. And when she goes up, Satan is cast down. Hallelujah. Now, what a day we're living in. Now, Brother Bradham talking about this film, Three Minutes to Midnight. And like I said, in my lifetime, they've moved it around one minute. Even right in these last recent days, they've readjusted the nuclear clock to, to write nearly a minute to midnight. Korea and its threats. Russia and its provocations. 
all these other coming up, Iraq, Iran, I meant, coming up, threats. You can feel it breathing. See the world pulsating, the anger rising up. Can't, can't break loose till the bride goes. Hell can't break loose here until you leave. As long as you are here, amen, the Holy Spirit that will let is letting, amen, until she be taken out of the way. And when he does, the man of sin is revealed. So when the bride goes, only then can the man of sin be revealed. So you see how much hinges then on you coming to your full manifestation. Amen, Israel can't never come into their place until you do. Amen. I, I listen, church, the resurrection can never come until you come in your place. Amen. See, it comes right down now. Right now. Three minutes to midnight. They're talking about the Jews. And here they're coming. They send a big plane right down to get them. These, these people have been out in Many of them, the back, the back countries, old and crippled and maimed and starved and persecuted Jewish people. They fly a big plane in there to get them. They won't get on it. They ain't never seen nothing like this. You know, they, they, know, they know what people have done. They put them on trains and packed them in. Took them to a death camp. They're worried of all of this. Until a rabbi comes up and he opens the book. And when he opens the book, he says, The prophet said you would be carried home on the wings of an eagle. And they all boarded the plane. And here they flew them right over into Tel Aviv and to, 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 to come back to their homeland. And here they're coming off maimed, crippled, old, decrepit. And they ask them, why are you coming back? Why are you coming back? Are you coming back to this homeland for business, for, for, for good time? Why are you coming here? And their answer was, we have come to see the Messiah. Hallelujah. I want to say to you, that's why we've come. That's why we boarded here on the wings of an eagle. Amen. Why? Because we want more than a good church. We want more than a good family. We want more than just a denomination. Come on. We want more than just a good service. We want more than just a few healing. We want to see the Messiah. We want Jesus to come back. Oh, am I talking to a group of people that is longing for that glorious day when Jesus shall come back? Amen. Is there a people in the land today that has something driving in here? I want more than to sit on a pew. I want more than good conduct. I want more than a good family. I want more than a divine healing campaign. I want to see the Messiah. Amen. I want Jesus to come back. Hallelujah. What a glorious day that be when through the air we go. 
Let the musicians come. I want you to think of this this morning. We have come to see. We are here where we're at. Sons have returned to see the Messiah. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus in this church. I want to see Jesus in me. But I want to see him coming for me. What a glorious day that will be. When through the air I go. When I stood in Tiberias the other day and looked across the Sea of Galilee. And I watched the sun come up. And I thought, it is the rising of the sun. Shalom. Good morning, church. The Gentile dispensation will soon go completely into darkness as we move into the light of the glory of Christ. As we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We'll get into it in another service. I thought I would get there today. But Brother Branham told us when the power of this church rises, she'll call her brethren. When they rise, they'll call theirs until all seven ages has been called up. Wave after wave of his glory going across the earth. And all the dry bones of the ages living. You don't want to miss it. Maybe maybe today you hadn't really committed to being on the Lord's side. Maybe today in the battle you're in, you don't even know. May claim to be on the Lord's side, but Sometimes you look like you're really just really fighting more for the devil than you are God. That's whatever sinner does. Potentially you might be a son. But if Satan's reigning in your life, he has control over you. You can never fight for the right cause. You keep losing your battle over and over again. You'll never be an overcomer that way. Till you come up and say, I realize I'm here in a pivotal time. And I realize I must be fully committed. We're not going to party or park not going to get a citation for getting our hands cut on a sardine can so we get an award no we're going to be battle scarred veterans and if you're not fighting on the right side today sin is having preeminence it's still ruling control in your life I invite you this morning to change sides
because you're on a losing team. You're going to lose there. The only way you'll win is to invite Jesus to become king of your life. Unless he becomes truly the king, you're going to lose. I want you to think about it. Oh, no, I'm not afraid to make an altar call. Altars always open here at Evening Light Tabernacle. You examine your own life today. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. This may be the day that you can really be totally committed. Surrender to God. Aren't you tired of just playing around and playing church and, you know, making a Baptist Methodist attempt of serving God? Just half-hearted. Come on holidays. Come when I feel like it. Isn't it time to become dedicated and consecrated? I don't know. I didn't plan to go this way this morning. I never got past two paragraphs in my notes. But the Holy Spirit is here. He's the one that's in control. He's the preacher. Will you invite him to be your king? While I'm here at this point right now, I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. Is there anybody that would solemnly say, today, I renounce the devil. And in this moment, I invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. You would raise your hand to God. God bless you. God bless you. And if you're sincere in your heart, he will meet you right there. He'll meet you right there. Maybe you're somebody that started out strong and you've been you've come down to this time and you're just weak. You find yourself in a backslidden, cold, lukewarm, Laodicean spirit. Looks like it's conquering you instead of you conquering it. But the Holy Spirit, He's speaking to your heart today and say, I've got a fire. I've got a fire to warm you by. I've got the Holy Ghost to give you a real experience, a real fire of God, a burning desire, a fervent desire to please God, a passion to know His Word. Or I won't just be going through the motions of Christianity and a church member, but I'll be a real son of God that I can be today born a son to return to the land. Would you invite him to do it? Say, Lord, take me out of the backslidden condition I'm in, lukewarm, cold, formal, and empower me, Lord, by the Spirit of God. Would there be a hand that would raise to God right now? And just say, that's me. I, I, I need that, Lord. Come, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, you see every hand. You see every heart. You see every person. You know the very reason they raised their hand. You know what pricked their heart. Lord, we're not here playing games. We're not here to be denominational Christians. Just going to the act of religion. not here to be a church member. We're here to be a son or daughter of God, to return to the land of the promise. 
today I realize I'm in a battle and I hear there's going to be some winners I hear who's going to lose I want to be on the right side I want to be a dedicated person, a dedicated Christian. I want to be surrendered. I don't want to be partially surrendered, Lord. I want to be fully surrendered. The more that I surrender, the more you take control. It's the Holy Spirit just speaking now, and you're just praying. Is there something, is there something right now in this moment you could surrender? There's something that you've held on to. Maybe something that you haven't really made a full commitment on. You'd like to just fully surrender that to God. Amen. Just as a witness to Him that you just raise your hand to Him and say, Lord, I give that, whatever it is. Oh yeah, it might be a generational curse, temper could be some spirit, some whatever, but today I, I give that to you, Lord. I give that. I make a full surrender, Lord. I want to be yours. I want to be everything you said that we could be as the children of God. I'm not just satisfied with the status quo. I must have a fresh and update experience with God. I must have a love life. Can I bring it down to that for a moment as a bride to the groom? Is it a love affair? How high is that flame in your life? How high is it? Is it burning with a passion? Is it burning with a zeal? Does it cause you to communicate and pray and talk to Him? Does it cause you to move out in the Spirit? Does it cause you to worship Him? Does it cause you to lay aside your selfishness and pride and ambitions and follow Jesus? What does it do? Is that love affair really right? So we're the bride, okay? I'm not taking that from you. I'm just asking you, is your passion where it ought to be? Is your dedication, is your consecration, is your love life right? There's something in you that says, Lord, I love you with all my heart. And if there's anything I've held back, I want to give that to you. I want to be yours, Lord. I'm tired of living with flesh being king of my life. I want you being king of my life. I'm laying down myself, my pride, my ambitions, my desires. I'm longing, Jesus. I'm longing for you. I'm longing for you. Oh, our brother Wayne preached on remembrance the other day. Do you remember? You, there's a little cold in your spirit. You remember when he come down that first time? The love life that you had and the first love you had. The zeal. So while we, 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 we went a long time, Brother Tim, we went many years now. And, and it looks like he's delayed his coming. I told you, he's holding things back. Listen, when I was a boy preacher, I didn't know many of you would come. I didn't know I'd have a son, three daughters. I didn't, I didn't know I'd have grandchildren. 
that I'd have meetings like this for. I, I didn't know there was others to come. I, I didn't know some of you that were strangers out in the world that had never accepted. I didn't know you were coming. I thought we were it. I thought this was all of it. I, I, I thought it was now. But God waited. And he waited on you. I'm an old man now. I've been preaching 48 years. Don't make me keep waiting. Will you please? I want Jesus to come back. Don't make me keep waiting. Don't make, don't make me keep waiting to put away your nonsense, your worldliness, your casual attitude toward Christ, no passion. Don't make me keep waiting. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I'm lucky enough just to have hair on my head. Yet a lot of it's still black. I'm lucky enough for that. But don't fool yourself, old buddy. You're not, you're not that young man no more. Time has taken its toll. I'm not that young preacher. I started out when I was 15 with a zeal for God, a passion for Him. And that passion has never left. And that zeal hasn't died down. When I get discouraged, I look in this word and I say, but you said, you said you would have a bride without a spot or wrinkle. You said, when I see fellow friends and ministers get out into false doctrine and step out into unbelief, get out into things they shouldn't be in. Teachers leading people out into thin ice until it's breaking off and people are drowning from it. And I say, Jesus. When I see it all, I say, God, don't let me lose my passion. There's only one way I can keep it. That's keep looking at the promise. But you said. But you said. When I see worldliness coming to church, you little girls. Oh, some of you ain't little girls. You're older women. You, you wear things. It's a shame. Get this little flipping attitude about the way you look and dress. Oh, who cares? What happened to your passion? What happened to passion? There's a battle going on. Somebody's going to win it. I just want to say to you this message didn't come to you by accident so I was born in this family it's just it's not an accident God predestinated your coming he knows your name and there's a promise that was given to us that we hold a token over our children and a word that says, and they shall be there and their offspring with them. And I just remind the devil, there's a word against you, Satan. 
He knows the name of every one of these young people. He made sure that a message crossed their path. Yeah. So they wouldn't be a part of the burning of the world. So they could be a part of the great kingdom. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. I'm just asking you today. Lay aside that sin. Lay aside that unforgiveness. Lay aside those, those things that you've let control your life. Lay it aside. Let Him do a work in you. Let Him purge you. Let Him speak to your heart. Let Him change you in His presence. He's coming back for somebody. Lord, I want to be one of them. I got to still that longing in my heart for you, Lord. I desire you. My soul thirsts after the living God. A God that's not dead, but a God that's alive. And I've held before this church a living God, a God that heals, a God that delivers from sin, a God that makes them overcomers. Like Elijah, his name meant my God, he is Jehovah. Truly, Lord, that's me. My God is Jehovah. There's no other God. I'll serve no other but you, Father. In Jesus' name, I commend these. You moved on their hearts, Lord. May they move into you with all their hearts. May today... They know what side they're on and join the fight and overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Put the blood on it. Put the Holy Ghost on that. And begin to testify, I'm a Christian. I'm a son of God. I'm not of this world. And love their, and love you more than they love their own lives. Love your word and give it preeminence more than they do their own thinking, their own ways. In Jesus' name. I'm longing for that glorious day Jesus shall come back I long to see His blessed face When all the saints throughout the ages Shall be gathered more The ones who trusted in His grace Oh, I'm longing for Jesus to come back I long for Jesus Christ my King to come and take me to my home beyond the skies up there where angels shall sleep oh what a glorious day it will be when through the air I go to meet the one who died for me my doubts my fears my toils my tears lead down here below free through all eternity i'm longing for jesus to come back i long for jesus 
Jesus Christ, my King, to come and take me to my home beyond the sky. Up there where angels shall Sometimes the road seems rough and hard, the pathway seems slow. But he is never by my side. He whispers loving words to me and tells me, him be strong, that he will always lead God. I'm longing for Jesus to come back. I long for Jesus Christ, my King, to come and take me to my home beyond the sky. Up there where angels shout Let's stand together. Well, I'm longing for that glorious day when Jesus shall come back.